gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King on this Christmas week as we get ready to go against the spread on both the NFL and college football bowl games. And with it, the penultimate week in the NFL, two weeks to go. College football, the bowl games are getting closer and closer to the college football playoff. And with that, I'm going to welcome our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, all in all, I'm going to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas upcoming and hope your football week was a good one as well. Right back at you, Mark. You know, I knew you'd somehow work in one of our favorite words into the podcast, that penultimate word, <laughs> which, is one, which is one of our favorite words. But speaking of the holidays, uh, we do got to let people know out there that uh, Mark has delivered uh, uh, a nice early Christmas present to his clients out there. Congratulations, your 10-star NFL game of the year was indeed a winner, not in dominating fashion, but we take the W's when we can. Carolina, plus the points in the Monday night game, and of course, that was on the heels of that really dominating 10-star college football game of the year when Ohio State crushed Michigan. So uh, a perfect 2-0 on the 10-star game of the years, very nicely done. It looks like there's going to be a couple extra presents under the tree this season. I think there will be, Victor, real nice two double 10-star winners, to say the least. We'll be wrapping it up with our 10-star college bowl play of the year. We'll have word on that next week in our show. Here we've got this broadcast next week and one more. We're going to wrap it up with a college football bowl bonanza NFL playoff special after the final week of the NFL season. We'll be talking all about that as the games unfold. And with that, Victor, the college football bowl season is now well underway. Any things that you've seen so far in the college football bowl games that might be noteworthy? I, and we're seeing some favorites, I think, get out of the gate here uh, pretty in pretty good fashion here, which is a little bit atypical, if you will, for these early college football bowl games. They're generally tilted or favored toward the underdog, but so far, it appears to me it's been kind of a favorite-heavy start to the college bowl season. That, that is true historically, uh, particularly in the pre-Christmas bowls where the dogs have done fairly well, but not this year, uh, that's for sure. Uh, so we're basically, as we record the podcast uh, on a Wednesday, we're through six bowls. Favorites went four and one ATS in day one. Another favorite covered on Tuesday with UAB. What is surprising to me is that... Uh, some of the games haven't been very entertaining. There have been uh, five out of the six bowl games thus far have been blowouts, and I consider a blowout any margin of victory of more than 10 points. Uh, it started with uh, what Utah State beating up on North Texas. Tulane did the sa same thing against the Raging Cajuns. Fresno State uh, winning by 11 over Arizona State. Appalachian State uh, put a smack down on Middle Tennessee State, and then again on Tuesday down here in uh, the Boca Raton Bowl with UAB completely dominating the MAC Conference. Uh, one thing I want to point out, I believe it's now since uh, Christmas Day, two years ago, the MAC Conference has now gone 1-12 in their last 13 
bowl games, and that's against the spread. And nothing much to choose from, Mark, in regards to the over-unders. There's been three overs, three unders, but so far it's been uh, pretty much uh, bowl blowouts. Well, as you indicated, Victor, the MAC looks like they're off to a little bit of another tedious start here. They're 0-2 thus far this season here in their two bowl efforts, and the effort by Northern Illinois Tuesday in the Boca Raton Bowl was not impressive at all, to say the least. That was a matchup of two college conference champions going toe-to-toe in that football game, and UAB emerged victorious, obviously, in the game. Uh, One quick note that I'm going to share with our listeners out there, and uh, I had shared this with... uh, Mitch and Paulie on VEASAN, I do their Follow the Money show every Wednesday. I do a show, a segment, a spot with them every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, which also replays at 1.30 in the afternoon on Wednesday. So if our listeners out there have access to VEASAN at VEASAN.com, you can check those segments out. But on the show, on the show Wednesday, as we do the podcast, we were talking about some of the college football bowl games. And one of the notes that I had shared with them and Pretty interesting. Uh, you're taking a look at everybody loves to back undefeated teams in bowl games, looking for that team to uh, hit a home run, strike perfection for the season here. But uh, I'm going to throw a note of caution out there about that. I ran this in our database here this past week, and it was pretty eye-opening, if you will. College football bowl favorites of seven or more points in bowl games dating back to 1980. There have been 17 of them. Only six of them have been able to beat the spread. They're 6-10-1 to the number. Those two teams here this year obviously would be Alabama and Clemson, the number one and number two ranked teams in the country. And when those same undefeated bowl favorites of seven or more points are facing 9-23 or greater opponents, those largely being teams with one loss or a fellow undefeated team, they're only two and six straight up and one and seven to the spread. Now that's to me it's noteworthy given the fact that you have a favorite of seven or more points who have lost six of the eight games straight up. On the flip side, looking at undefeated bulldogs of seven or more points, those teams are twelve, four and one against the spread. That's a pretty healthy number. Oh. Undefeated bulldog of seven or more points, 12, four, and one to the spread. And the alarming thing to me, Victor, is the fact that when they go head to head against other undefeated teams, a bulldog seven or more taking on an undefeated team, there have been five of them. And all five of those bulldogs of seven or more have not only won the game or has beat the spread, they've won the game straight up. That'll be a little bit of a wow. test for Clemson against Notre Dame when they play in the college football playoff game, one of the two playoff games. And one other note in passing here is that defending national champions, a la Alabama, they're just six and five straight up and four and seven to the spread when they've been favored by eight or more points in bowl games. One and two straight up in ATS if they're undefeated. That means that undefeated defending national champions have been in bowl games three times. They've lost two of those games straight up. So when it comes to backing Alabama and Clemson in the college football playoffs, you'd better have a lot of ammunition to back you up in those bowl games because, as I just recapped with you about the situation of undefeated teams in bowl games, is not favorable at all to favorites in the upcoming college football bowl games. That's a note to file and remember when the college football bowl games continue and the playoffs start. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, 
let's shift over to the National Football League side of things. And, Victor, we're now into that as we recap that penultimate week, two weeks to go in the National Football League. Playoff chases are now in effect here. Uh, these races are getting tighter and tighter. And uh, what I'm also seeing here, Victor, is these top teams are also beginning to feel the noose, if you will. Like we talk about in college football, that noose gets tighter and tighter. So does it for these top-seeded teams in the National Football League as the playoffs near witness Kansas City and New Orleans. These are the two number one seeds in the National Football League playoffs as we speak right now. And since that shootout, that Thrilla in Manila shootout against the Rams, the Chiefs have been 0-3 to the spread since that point. The New Orleans Saints, we called this out in this week's midweek alert newsletter here, their offense has gone MIA. They're in the witness protection program, this New Orleans <laughs> offense. <laughs> They're averaging just 283 yards a game their last four football games, just 166 passing yards. Uh, you have to one has to wonder what's going on with this New Orleans offense as they continue to keep laying these big points in football games despite the fact that their offense is regressing. So, you know, keep those thoughts in mind. And one other thought here I want to share with you before I hand it over to Victor is that uh, in amongst the six top-rated seeds that will be making the playoffs this year, interestingly, we'll find two seeds uh, in the AFC. The number five and number six seeds are locking horns this weekend, the Chargers and the Ravens. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, for our NFL game of the week, and we've got a lot to say about that. That'll be an interesting matchup here. Keep an eye also, guys, on the number seven seeds in the playoffs here. The Indianapolis Colts, the Carolina Panthers are seated number seven on the outside looking in. Number eight, Miami and Philadelphia. Number nine, Tennessee and Washington. So we'll see how this all shapes out in these final two weeks of the National Football League season as far as the NFL playoff seedings are concerned. And I know, Victor, I was talking to you before the show, you mentioned some oddities that you see have happened in the National Football League of late here, especially probably more so from the scoring standpoint than any. And maybe New Orleans is one of these teams that's a cause and effect of these scoring oddities of late. Right. You know, uh, we're going to pump Andy for some information on how the uh, sports books did last week. I would uh, wager, pun intended, that they did very, very well. You know, the the casual football better, Mark, he's going he's gonna to look at the standings and he's going to make his bet. <laughs> That's what he's going to do to make his bet. He's going to look at the Kansas City Chiefs, see an 11-2 record. He's going to bet on the Chiefs, and he's going to go down. He's going to do the same thing with these name-brand teams, the Patriots, the New Orleans Saints, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. It all went down against the spread. In fact, it was a good week for the Dogs last week, 9-6-1 ATS. Last week for the underdogs, as I understand it, the, the book's biggest win was the 49ers winning outright at home over Seattle. And we've got the dogs at 112, 96, and 9 against the spread on the season. But, Mark, we got to talk about scoring a little bit in the NFL. For three months, we've been talking about a historic scoring season in which teams were averaging, oh, geez, what, 24.1 points per game through the first three months of the season. But the breaks have been pumped big time as of late. And uh, over the last four weeks, it's the lowest scoring period of week 12 through 15 in the last four seasons each team scoring down an average of four points per game compared to earlier this season and it kind of culminated last week with the lowest scoring of the week by far in fact each of the last three weeks 
have been the three lowest scoring weeks of the season. Only 38.6 points per game last week. It didn't sh- quite show up with that disparity on the scoreboard, 7-9-1 and one, over under overall. But by far the lowest scoring week, 38.6. And then you mentioned some oddities, Mark, in terms of scoring and over under. Uh, I threw these out here in the totals tip sheet this week. And it has me scratching my head because some of these things are explainable. Some are not. I don't know if we're living on an alternate earth these days or not. A lot of the political aficionados certainly think so these days. But one can make a case that the NFL world in terms of totals is turned upside down as well. Case in point, uh, two teams that had been reliable over teams over the seasons, the last two, three, five seasons, the Saints and the Patriots are now tied for the second best under team on the well, season. They're both at both at five and nine over under. And it's certainly an upside down world when you see both of those two teams as two of the best under teams on the season. With that said, uh, a head scratching one for me is the second best or the second best over team on the year is a team with a rookie quarterback with no impact players on offense that's had major injuries on the running backs that's had a decent defense and who's ranked number 30th in the league in overall offense on the season the new york jets nine overs five unders the second best over team in the nfl and that's one to me that's Really, really difficult to explain that they've had almost twice as many overs as unders with the 30th ranked offense in the league and with a rookie quarterback to boot. It's uh, a little bit freaky if you ask me. Uh, finally, every year in the NFL, there's going to be that that one team that's going to get you overs in 75% or more of their games. Uh, in 2015, it was the New York Giants. In 2016, the Atlanta Falcons on that historic run in which they had 16 overs, two unders, one tie. Even last year, uh, reliable over teams like the Rams and the Packers. You're always going to get that one over team, except this year. Aside from the reliable Denver Broncos, who are 3-11 and over under in the season, there have been no dominating over or under teams this year. In fact, 25 out of the 32 teams are all jumbled up in that range of 8 to 6 over under to 6 to 8 over under. It makes it difficult if you're handicapping or wagering totals this year, and that's for sure. Good overview of the oddities that have happened in the National Football League thus far this season here, especially the low-scoring games here of late. And, Victor, I think that goes hand-in-hand with what we talked about a little last week about uh, these lower-scoring football games as we get closer and closer to the finish line, especially involving these teams that are in these playoff chases. So, you know, keep an eye on that and see whether or not that continues this particular week, these low-scoring football games taking a turn to the under as we end up the 2018 football season here. Don't go away, guys. When Victor and I come back, we're going to put our college football game of the week on tap with you. We're going to go to the Armed Forces Bowl where Army takes on Houston. We've got a lot of good information on that and a whole lot more to come when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
your goal is to become a winner at sports wagering, then the all-new Sports Data University is just for you. You can learn responsible sports wagering in live classes and free courses from the world's sharpest sports wagering instructors, such as Mark Lawrence, Victor King, Andy Isco, and an array of other top experts. Join live classes and ask questions you want answers to. Listen, learn, and watch at Sports Data University. Visit today at sportsdata.com. That's Sports Data University, located at sportsdata.com. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. It's time for our college football game of the week. And with that, we're going to head to the Armed Forces Bowl in Texas, where Army is going to take on the Houston Cougars. Victor, your take on the Black Knights and the Cougars and what should be an exciting bowl game. It should. Haven G. Carter Stadium, home of the TCU Horned Frogs, the Armed Forces Bowl. Now, uh, Houston's got a couple of uh, significant players who will not be playing in this game. Before we get into that, the spread somewhere around five and a half. And yes, that's Army who's favored over Houston in the particular game. The over-under line has fallen considerably. It opened at 67 and a half. And as we record the podcast, it's somewhere around 59 and a half, 60 points. I'm imagining some of that has to do with the fact that Houston quarterback uh, Derek King is out. He got injured in that second last game of the season. And there's a big drop off to the freshman quarterback. Definitely on the season army, six and five over under their average uh, game, 47.7 points. Average line, 49.3, so they've gone under by 1.6 has been their average. They started the season going under in three of their first four games. They did close the year with overs in five out of their last seven games. Houston has been a very reliable over team. Not surprising considering a very, very fast, very, very quick, very high-scoring offense and a pretty bad defense to boot. Eight and four over-under for Houston on the season, 46.4 points per game on offense. However, they do allow almost 35 points per game on defense. So their average game is averaged 80.8. And uh, they do have the highest over-margin of the season in any team in college football. Their average over-under line was only 68.1. And with their average score at 80.8, that means... The average Houston Cougar game has gone over the total by plus 12.7 points per game. They did close the season on a 5-1 and over-under run in their last six games. Uh, this Armed Forces Bowl, and my first initial thought in the game, Mark, was the fact that, yeah, it's going to be high scoring again. Now, I'm a little bit tempered with the fact that uh, Houston's down to a freshman quarterback. However, we'll say this about the Armed Forces Bowl. It's been one of the most exciting postseason bowls of the last four years. Four shootouts in a row in the Armed Forces Bowl. Surprisingly high scoring as of late. 77 points in last year's game when Army beat San Diego State 42-35. to 93 points in the 2016 matchup. When Louisiana Tech edged Navy, again, in a shootout, 48-45. to 45. 91 points in the 2015 edition when Cal beat Air Force, 55-36. to 
and 69 points back in 2014 when Houston edged Pitt 35-34. to Again, it's been a very entertaining bowl. If you like back-and-forth action, a lot of points. And again, I'd be a little bit more definitive in my call on the over if we were playing with a full deck for both teams. As it is, we're not quite. But I still think that I would throw out an opinion on the over in this game based on the point spread and the over underline. The predicted final score is Army 32.5, Houston 27. I'm thinking it's more like a Army 38-30 to 30 win, 68 points. Maybe the game slides over by 3-7 to seven points. We'll call an opinion on the over, but I know you definitely have an opinion in regards to the side play, Mark. I do, Victor. Victor's going to lean to the over for an opinion in this Army-Houston Armed Forces Bowl game and what I think will be one of the more exciting bowl games. Houston comes in, as Victor mentioned, with a very wobbly defense. So wobbly, it's the worst of all the college football bowl teams this season. They're allowing an average of 488 yards per game. To make matters worse, as Victor said, they're all-American defensive lineman Ed Oliver, who could end up being, guys, the first pick of this NFL draft. If not, he'll be certainly be in the top five. He's sitting out the bowl game along with a starting cornerback, Isaiah Johnson, getting ready for the NFL draft. Eric King, as Victor mentioned, the quarterback who went down with a knee injury is out here as well. Not a real healthy condition, if you will, for the Houston Cougars coming into this football game. They happen to rank dead last in all of college football in time of possession this year. It's because of their fast strike offense, which doesn't huddle and gets on and off the field in quick fashion. They're going to take on Army, who ranks number one in time of possession. So you've got the best against the worst in time of possession in a matchup in this bowl game, which means that Army figures to be on the field a whole lot more than does Houston, and not allowing Houston's offense a chance to generate what it normally would want to against this clock-plotting Army offense in this football game. In addition, Army comes in here looking to win this football game. If they do, it will be their 11th win of the season. That 11th win would be historic for Army because no Army football team has won 11 games ever in their football history. So they're looking to set a record here, Army, in this game. Army also recruits the state of Texas as good as any team in all of college football. We call this out in the Playbook Football newsletter this particular week. And this is really noteworthy, guys. If you take a look at what Army does when it comes to recruiting football players, their number one state is the state of Texas. They've got 23 players on this roster that come from the state of Texas. Their head coach, Jeff Monka, makes a point saying this isn't his first trip to Texas. Each time they come down there, they make it a big deal. They use all the social media avenues to reach out to the prospects to let them know that Army is coming here. And their selling point is that coming to the Army, it's the top public university in the country. They'll play in a football program with a great tradition, as good as any in all of college football. They've won three national championships. They have three Heisman Trophy winners. And the best point is, is that if you graduate from Army, you're going to be moving into a well-paying job as a second lieutenant. So there's a lot that they have to offer to players in Texas, and they get them. So they'll be playing I think to impress a lot of the recruits, the potential recruits in the state of Texas when Army takes on Houston here. 
The bottom line to me, from my database, military teams just shine in bowl games. They're 33-13 and 13 against the spread because of their discipline, their focus in these games. And better than that, when they take on 600 or better opponents, military teams are 23-4 and four against the spread in bowl games. This number has really moved massively from the opener when Army was the dog. Now Army's a three-and-a-half, four, four-and-a-half favorite as we're speaking right now, but I believe rightfully so. I'm going to lay the points with Army as they pick up their 11th win of the season against Houston in this Armed Forces Bowl matchup. Hey, don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear up our NFL Game of the Week, a beauty on tap, as I mentioned earlier, between the Baltimore Ravens and the L.A. Chargers this Saturday. We're back with that and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbooks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbooks tokens, you can use them for Playbook experts' picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbooks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbooks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, at Playbook.com. The Totals Tip Sheet has got you totally covered this football season. It's the best reference source of its kind in the nation. Get your Totals Tip Sheet today at Playbook.com and enjoy the winners. Welcome back once again to Mark Lawrence against the spread as we get into our National Football League game of the week on tap this Saturday when the Baltimore Ravens travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers in what could well be a playoff preview. Victor, your take on the Ravens and the Chargers matchup this Saturday. You got it, Mark. Uh, quickly, before I do, this is the time of the season that I kind of call newsletter nirvana. Not only do we have our playbook newsletter this week, special double issue, 12 pages, NFL, 13 bowl write-ups, and we're transitioning with some uh, hoops information as well. Not only is the total tip sheet out for this week, the midweek alert, the racing form of newsletters, but again, the Playbook College Bowl stat report also available. Choose any one of all four. If you're really into sports gaming, you're probably going to choose all four newsletters. Uh, again, it's the uh, Nirvana time of season in regards to the uh, Playbook publications. And I know I was a little wishy-washy perhaps in our college football segment talking about the Armed Forces Bowl, but I'm glad that you selected this one for our Game of the Week and uh, I already made my wager in the game, and I'm hoping others join me as well. Baltimore Ravens, L.A. Chargers, extra NFL games on Saturdays. Yes, please. In fact, this is our, already feels like an NFL pre-playoff matchup, especially knowing that this is the only game on the Week 16 schedule featuring two of the top eight teams in the league in overall defense. Baltimore, number one in the league. They're allowing less than 300 yards per game. Chargers, 
number eight, allowing only 329 yards per game on defense. I think you can see where we're going in this game. Yes, the series hasn't gone, uh, been very low scoring as of late. The Ravens and Chargers have gone five and one to the over in their last six meetings against each other. But that's really the only over situation that applies in this game. Everything else screams a great low-scoring playoff-type game. Uh, in fact, I played the under at the opening line of 45.5. It's already working its way down. If you're going to join me on playing the under in this particular game, we'll note that it's come down a full point. Right now, 44.5. The last time I looked as we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning. And it's key to get your play in at least at 44.5 or higher. We all know 44 is a key number in the NFL. You want to be able to cash a win on the under if the game falls exactly on 44 points. So, again, the Sharps have already moved this game down a full point. Now, I'm aware that L.A. was just in a high-scoring Thursday shootout against the Chiefs, but our database tells us that NFL teams off a Thursday road win that went over, like the Chargers, have gone 2-14 and 14 in the last five years when the over-under line is uh, less than 50 points. And, of course, uh, that was a gutsy, all-or-nothing final play division win for the Chargers. Uh, in the last 10 years, the sample size isn't high. But it is 0-5-1 over-under. Non-division home favorites of four or more off a straight-up division win in which they scored and allowed 28 or more points. That applies to the Chargers. These uh, late-season Saturday games, they tend to be low-scoring when the home team is a favor. Just ask the uh, Broncos last week in that low-scoring game against the Cleveland Browns. 2-12 and 12 over under since 1988, Saturday, non-division games in which the home team is favored by 13 or less points and the over-under line is greater than 43 points. Now, to me, the over-under line was way too high to start off with, particularly for a Baltimore Ravens team that has a great defense and that's facing a great defense. In the last four years, Baltimore Raven games in which the over-under line is greater than 44 points have gone 3-14 and 14 over-under. And to me, this is what kind of seals the deal in regards to a low-scoring outcome. It's a large point spread roll reversal for the Ravens. They were almost late double digits last week at home against the Buccaneers. I believe the game closed at Baltimore minus 9. In the last four years in the NFL, Underdogs of four or more who were a big favorite of nine or more in their last game have gone a perfect 0-7 over under. So there you have it, Mark. I believe the Sharps are in agreement with me. If you're going to join me on the under, get it as soon as possible. Make sure your line is 44.5 or higher. Ravens Chargers under the total. Good numbers to the under in the Baltimore Chargers game, as Victor alluded to in his recap, going under the total in that football game, a matchup of two top 10 ranked defenses, Baltimore back to the number one defense in the NFL coming into this game. They're also four and one straight up are the Ravens since they've handed the ball off to Lamar Jackson, their head coach. 
And running the football has been their key to success here. They're averaging 233 rushing yards per game behind Jackson. You combine that with his fierce defense that has held five opponents to season-low yards this year, including two of their last three football games, and then look at the Baltimore rush defense the last five games since Jackson has been the quarterback here. He's on the field. He rushes the football. He chews up time. The other team doesn't have time to execute an offense. Look at this Baltimore rush defense here. They have not allowed 95 yards in any game rushing on the ground since Jackson has taken over at quarterback for this team. That 4-1 and one record with behind Jackson includes one overtime loss at Kansas City. On the flip side, you've got the L.A. Chargers coming in here off their playoff-clinching win, that dramatic win in Kansas City when they went for two points, and the win in the contest here coming into this football game. The Chargers not too good in game after beating Kansas City as an underdog, however, 1-6 straight up, 0-6-1 to the number coming into the contest here. And the Chargers find themselves in the middle of a non-division sandwich here. And you take a look at their schedule here, the Chargers coming into this particular game, they're coming off of the Kansas City win. They've got the Denver Broncos up on deck next. That makes this a division sandwich with Baltimore wedged in between. Baltimore has been an underdog two times this season. They've won the money in both of those football games. And as I mentioned, this defense is really hitting on all cylinders. With that, I'm going to play the points with Baltimore for my side in this playoff potential preview game on Saturday between the Ravens and the Chargers. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time for one of our favorite segments on the show as we hop out to Las Vegas and get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco at TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, are you getting ready for the upcoming holidays and the college football bowl games galore that are soon to be rolling out in fashion day after day coming up? Well, Mark, I've been getting ready for the postseason for, oh, probably the last month or so, just looking ahead and contemplating possible matchups, much like with the Bulls doing uh, some work as far as conference strength, relative uh, performances, etc. And, of course, uh, the bowl season got underway and in fine style with uh, five games this past Saturday. Of course, uh, here now in midweek, we're getting a game virtually every day throughout the next uh, a uh, week and a half or so, all the way to January 1st. And if there are no college bowl games on a day, it's because the NFL is taking center stage. So it really is the most important time of the year. It's the most exciting time of the year. And it answers a lot of the questions that we've had for the last six months, both in college and pro football. It does, Andy. It's also a great time as the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. We're getting closer and closer to that college football playoff, which is right around the corner as well. And we're also getting to the finish line in the Westgate Superbook Contest. And it appears to me, Andy, that it, things are beginning to tighten up at the top of the leaderboard. How do you see it with your scorecard review of the Westgate Contest? Well, let's take a look first at the winner-take-all Super Contest Gold. That's the one with the $5,000 entry fee. Just one winner, about, I think it's uh, 600 and something thousand dollars, $640,000 at stake. And uh, the, uh, the consensus uh, that we've been following all year, uh, actually last week in the uh, gold, we had a tie for the fifth most popular selection. So of the six selections that finished in the uh, top five and ties, they were four and two on the season, and that brings the season-to-date record to uh, 41, 31, and five in that contest. The leader 
in the Super Contest. Gold has a record of 48 up, 24 down, three pushes. That works out to a winning percentage of 66.0%. Very impressive. And there are 24 contestants within five points of the lead with just two weeks and 10 selections remaining to be made. As far as the main Super Contest gold uh, goes, excuse me, the Super Contest Classic, the consensus last week was two and three. Another losing week, and for the season, the top five selections for the first the 15 weeks, 38 up, 37 down. That's 50.7%, barely above 500, and certainly not enough to make money if you've been playing each of the consensus selections each week. Overall, for the season, the contestants are 106 correct, 111 incorrect, and seven pushes. So the contestants, the 3,100-plus contestants as a whole, are hitting a shade under 49%, 48.9%. As far as the leaderboard goes, we have two contestants now tied for the lead with records of 55 correct, 20 incorrect, zero pushes. That works out to a percentage of 73.3%. That's good enough for just a slim half-game lead over one contestant. However, then there's a drop-off of two and a half contestants to the lone contestant in fourth place with a total of 52 points. Overall, there are 12 contestants within five points of the lead. So if you're hitting 66.7% or better, you are in that group. 98 contestants overall are hitting 62.7%, and 98 is the number that uh, means that those would be those contestants would be getting full shares of where they finish in the contest that pays the top 100 in ties. And there are 33 contestants who are tied for those final two payoff spots, spaces, spaces 99 and 100. Overall, right now, to be collecting anything, 62.0% is the winning percentage that it would be taking to cash. And that's interesting to note because for many, many years in this contest, even when they only paid about uh, 20 places to 30 places, it usually would take, if you could hit 60% or more, you would cash. So it's not surprising, really, to see that with the tremendous increase in the, in the field, in fact, at 3,100 or plus contestants, that's 10 times the number of entrants that were in this contest just 10 years ago. As far as the Golden Nugget goes, that's the contest where you make seven selections a week. College and pro, of course, the last couple of weeks, it's been mostly pros as the college season ended uh, really on December 1st. You had the Army-Navy game on the uh, 8th of, uh, uh, of December as the only college selection available that week. And last week, the handful of bowl games. Now they'll have more selections in the colleges for the contestants to choose from. The leader in this contest is hitting 68.6%, a record of 71 32 and 2. That's a total of 72 out of a possible 105 uh, points. And there are a total of 20 positions that pay in this contest. Uh, 1 through 10 uh, get a nice return on their money. 11 through 20 get their entry fee refunded of $1,000. Right now, 20 uh, contestants are in that uh, paying field. That's a 67 point. Uh, 4% or, excuse me, 62.4% or better, 65.5 points right now is what it is taking to get some money back from the Golden Nugget Contest with two weeks, 14 selections remaining. Looks like 62% is the golden number, percent of win percentage. You get money in these contests in Las Vegas here. Some big, high, huge win percentages, as reported by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, if you would... I know our listeners would love to know about some line moves that have occurred between last week and this week. And I understand for the first time, maybe ever, I know in a long while, 
that Jay has also put out lines on the final week of the National Football League season. Usually they don't, but they did. As I understand, if you could review those with our our listeners, I know they'd love to hear that. Yeah, I'll get to uh, the uh, the week 17 in a moment. In fact, of the uh, 16 games that'll mark the final week of the season, Lions are up on 15 of them, despite all the uncertainties, the injuries, uh, etc. However, looking right now at this coming week, week 16, uh, there are 16 games to be played, beginning with two on Saturday. And uh, there were advanced lines on all of them. However, one line this week has yet to be posted with any certainty, and that's the line uh, in the game involving the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. These lines were posted prior to the playing of any of the games from Week 15. So in theory, any adjustment should reflect the reaction to what we saw either due to injuries or, more importantly, on the field of play in week 15. I'm going to take a look at the half dozen of the more interesting moves here, beginning with the New York Giants at the Indianapolis Colts. The Giants, of course, eliminated from playoff competition this past weekend when they lost at home to Tennessee. The Indianapolis Colts uh, creep closer to making it in as uh, most likely a wild card with, uh, with their big win over Dallas. And this game last week, prior to week 15, the Colts were still solid six-point favorites. However, after this Sunday's actions, the Colts were adjusted upwards by more than a field goal, opening as nine-and-a-half-point home favorites. And thus far, as of midweek, the public seems to uh, uh, believe that's a good number because we've seen no movement in that line. Houston at uh, Philadelphia. Uh, of course, uh, the big event uh, was uh, Sunday night's massive upset of the Eagles over the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Houston had its success uh, over the weekend, winning at the New York Jets on Saturday. Uh, this week, this game, excuse me, last week was a pick em. However, after the results of Saturday's Houston Texans win and before the Sunday night game was played where it was assumed by most people that the Eagles might cover, but they weren't going to win the game. Houston was a three and a half point road favorite. The game came down prior to the playing of the Sunday night game. And after the uh, Eagles pulled that big upset, Houston came up Monday morning as a one point road favorite. That was not enough of an adjustment, according to the early betters, who quickly moved the Eagles to a slight one-point favorite and then settling in over the last 24 hours as we uh, as we record this on Wednesday morning, Philadelphia a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. So that upset over the Rams, we've seen overall an adjustment and a move of a total of six points, extremely huge at this point of the season with injuries not impacting uh, the line. Minnesota at Detroit. Of course, Minnesota getting closer to wrapping up a playoff spot with its win uh, Sunday over Miami. They were a three-point favorite in this game at division rival Detroit. Detroit out of playoff contention. When the uh, results of Sunday were in and the line was reposted, Minnesota was a four-point road favorite, so at a one-point adjustment by the bookmakers, bet up another point and a half to Minnesota now, a five-and-a-half point road favorite. Speaking of uh, that Rams upset last week by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, of course, the Rams already clinching the NFC West and looking to now maintain its position ahead of Chicago for that number two seed. And of course, Chicago holds the tiebreaker by virtue of beating the Rams a couple of Sunday nights ago. They will be at Arizona this week to host the uh, Arizona, excuse me, to uh, face the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals long out of contention. Uh, Prior to this week's actions, the Rams were 11 and a half point road favorite. Still a hefty number to lay. Uh, The urgency of the game now due to the loss by the Rams Sunday night when this game came up again on Monday 
Rams adjusted upwards to a 13-and-a-half-point road favorite. Chicago at San Francisco. Of course, Chicago now with a chance for that number two seed if they can uh, get two wins and the Rams lose one of their final two games. Unlikely because the Rams will play San Francisco in Week 17, although the 49ers have not given up on the season, and that's reflected in the fact Chicago was a six-point road favorite in this game at San Francisco a week ago. When the Lions came up Sunday evening, the Bears adjusted downwards to five. This is after San Francisco pulled its nice home upset of Seattle, and yet uh, that adjustment apparently not enough as the public has moved that number down to the Bears now a four-point road favorite. And then the final game I want to talk about is perhaps the most interesting line adjustment of the week, and that's the Sunday night game between Kansas City and Seattle. Of course, you just detailed Kansas City and the Chargers with the Chargers' tremendous comeback win last Thursday night. Seattle upset uh, on a Sunday uh, by the 49ers, but still controlling its own fate as far as being able to make it to a wild card. Uh, Kansas City, of course, looking to hold off the Chargers, but they do hold the tiebreaker over the Chargers should both teams win or lose out or uh, both go one and one. Uh, nonetheless, uh, prior to uh, this week's action, Seattle was a one-point home favorite. Uh, after uh, the loss of uh, by Kansas City on Thursday and the loss by Seattle on Sunday, this line came up Sunday evening with the Kansas City Chiefs now a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Uh, perhaps the uh, bookmakers putting more uh, emphasis on the Chiefs' need to win to retain the number one seed versus Seattle's need to win just to make the playoffs, which is kind of interesting. And apparently that adjustment has been well-received because, uh, again, here we are now 72 hours later almost, and the Kansas City Chiefs remain a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. As far as Week 17 lines go, uh, the uh, all games and one of the few things that the NFL has done really well over the past uh, half dozen years or so is, A, they've made all these games played on Sunday, only a handful of games playing at 1 p.m. Uh, uh, Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern in that hour, uh, no Sunday night games, no Thursday night game. Uh, and also the thing that I really like, all of these games are divisional contests. So with any divisional races that might have been up at stake, all of these final week games would have had some impact uh, if, if needed. The only thing I'd like to question about the NFL as an aside for a moment is, as far as divisional matchups go, I'd like to see the first of the two home-and-home uh, -home matchups between division foes occur prior to Thanksgiving. Didn't think it was really fair to have Carolina and New Orleans meet two times in the final three weeks of the season when perhaps the fate of one, and sometimes perhaps both teams, but certainly the fate of one team would normally have been already determined, such, of course, almost the case with Carolina. But getting back to line 17, the New York Giants, two-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Dallas may very well have clinched the NFC East and secured the number four seed at that time. Giants already eliminated. Oakland at Kansas City. Uh, this is an interesting one for those of you able to perhaps uh, get in on the action here. You might want to take a look at taking those 13.5 points because Kansas City might already have that number one seed, but they are 13.5-point favorites over the already eliminated Oakland Raiders. Mentioned that Carolina-New Orleans rematch. They played in week, uh, four, uh, week 15 this past Monday night with uh, Carolina covering in a 12-9 loss to the Saints. The rematch in New Orleans will have the Saints 5.5-point home favorites. The New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Patriots right now off two straight losses. 
Uh, they figure to get a win Sunday, certainly heavily favored to at home against Buffalo. They are 13-point favorites over the New York Jets. Uh, Philadelphia may or may not still be alive. Washington may or may not still be alive for playoff contention. They're going to meet in Washington on the final Sunday of the season. And the Eagles right now, five-and-a-half-point road favorites. No line on the game, Detroit at Green Bay. We don't know the status of Aaron Rodgers for either Week 16 or Week 17. Of course, both teams eliminated from the playoffs. Jacksonville eliminated from the playoffs will be at Houston. Houston perhaps looking to secure the number two seed that they currently hold if they and New England both win or lose this coming week. Houston can secure it with a win over Jacksonville. Right now, the Texans, seven-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Jaguars. The red-hot Cleveland Browns, who, if they can defeat Cincinnati uh, this weekend, as they are expected to do based on the line, they actually have a chance to finish with a winning season after going winless last year. But they're going to be at Baltimore, who probably will still need to win as far as uh, either potentially winning the AFC North or securing a playoff spot. The Ravens, four-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Cleveland Browns. Atlanta will be at Tampa Bay, a team of non-contenders. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I guess, theoretically still has a very slim chance, but Atlanta, three-point road favorites at Tampa Bay. Miami will be at Buffalo. Miami uh, likely still having a shot for an AFC wild card. They will be at Buffalo, but the Buffalo Bills, three-point home favorites. Uh, perhaps the biggest game as far as either team making the playoffs could be Indianapolis at Tennessee. Indianapolis, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at the Titans. Cincinnati will be at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh may very well still need to win that game. Cincinnati almost certain to be eliminated by that point. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 13-point home favorites over the Bengals. Chicago Bears will be at Minnesota. An interesting game that could actually be a foreshadowing of a rematch in Chicago the following week if things break the same way, uh, both in weeks 16 and 17. Minnesota, a six-and-a-half-point home favorite over Chicago. The thought there being that Chicago already in the playoffs will have nailed down the number three seed by then uh, with the results of week 15. Minnesota likely still needing to win to make the playoffs. The LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Chargers already in the playoffs maybe playing for the number one seed and Denver uh, this past weekend with their second of two straight upset losses eliminated from the playoffs. The Chargers favored by five and a half at Denver. Arizona and Seattle. Arizona out of the playoffs. Seattle possibly still needing to win if they are unable to win at Kansas, uh, at home against Kansas City on Sunday night. Uh, so right now, Seattle, a 10.5-point uh, home favorite. Uh, San Francisco at the L.A. Rams wraps up the 2018 regular season schedule. Uh, the Rams uh, perhaps needing to win to either possibly get the number one seed if Pittsburgh pulls the upset at New Orleans this week or to retain the number two seed if things break a certain way uh, with Chicago and the Rams this week. Rams favored by nine at home over the hard playing but still playoff eliminated San Francisco 49ers. A recap of what's going on with the line moves in Las Vegas for this week's games and a look ahead to next week's games and Andy before I hand it off to Victor for a quick question. I have to ask you, on these early advanced lines that Jay Cornegay posts at the Westgate, can people actually bet on these games, or are they just lines for handicappers to consider? 
Oh no, these are lines that you are able to uh, uh, to bet. I believe, and I haven't checked this because uh, when I do make some plays on these games, I do it usually in person. Well, I always do it in person, but I've not checked to see if they are on the app. I believe they are available on the app as well. By the way, their app is available for download, and even though you need to be in Nevada to uh, make wagers using the app, uh, you can get the current lines off the app at the uh, Westgate Superbook, even if you're out of state and uh, don't have an account. You're able to access the information if, uh, uh, if, if you wish to at, at, uh, at any point and are at your computer, for example, and looking at one of those websites that do have uh, current and updated live odds. Uh, so, uh, yes, you are able to bet those games. I believe they do come down prior to the start of the uh, current week's game. So, for example, the Thursday night games, which we don't have anymore for this season, would come down prior to the Thursday night game. Then the, the, uh, the Sunday games would come down on Sunday morning, and then they're all reposted again Sunday afternoon. All good to know. Good stats and facts from Andy Isco at TheLogicalApproach.com about what's going on in Las Vegas, especially at the Superbook these days. And, Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on the show as well. Just want to get Andy's opinion. I know that, uh, generally speaking, I would imagine it was probably a very good weekend uh, for the sports books out there. I say that. When you get to some of these high-profile teams and they fail to cover the point spread, and in some cases don't even win the game straight up, uh, case in point, uh, the Chiefs uh, not covering, uh, the, the public favorite Patriots not covering, uh, the Rams getting shocked as a 14-point favorite, uh, Seattle uh, losing outright versus San Francisco, even the Saints failing to cover the point spread on Monday night, I would think... Andy, probably a pretty good week overall. Not to mention it's been a good two-week period for underdogs, 18-13-1 ATS, with 13 of those 18 covers, also straight-up wins, not to mention low-scoring games. Perhaps it's been an uh, early Christmas for the sportsbooks. Well, you're absolutely right, Victor. I believe the two uh, best weekends of the season were the past two weekends. The only thing that might have tempered the overall profit might have been the fact that more many of the, uh, let's call it, more casual fans who usually get in action every week may have been distracted by uh, doing their holiday shopping, which might have just <laughs> limited the amount of handle uh, somewhat. Of course, the hardcore, uh, the weekly players, etc., all got involved. And you're absolutely right, especially the way that Sunday unfolded after a uh, decent morning. Uh, the afternoon results on uh, Sunday. Remember, you had Seattle losing outright at San Francisco. You had New England losing outright at Pittsburgh. You had that huge upset Sunday night of Philadelphia winning outright at the Rams. And then, of course, Monday night, you had uh, the New Orleans Saints winning but failing to cover at Carolina. Now, getting back to those late Sunday afternoon games, the, Se the uh, Seattle loss, the New England loss, and the Rams loss killed money line parlays, killed teasers, right. in addition to uh, eliminating parlays and straight bets on those heavily favored, heavily bet teams. Uh, the, heavily, uh, the, the, the Patriots were not actually heavily favored, uh, but they were heavily bet because they're the Patriots. And they were coming off of uh, that loss the uh, week before in Miami. And, of course, much of the week we heard about the New England Patriots' tremendous record off a loss in the month of December and January going back uh, a decade and a half, which influenced a lot of uh, bettors to play on the New England Patriots, which I guess just proves 
proves a point that nothing lasts forever. And right. uh, although the Patriots uh, lost their second of back-to-back games, you do have to start wondering if we are starting to see the end of this New England Patriot dynasty. And I am questioning uh, just whether or not Bill Belichick might have been absolutely correct in not wanting to trade Jimmy Garoppolo last year in favor of having him stay on the roster as a replacement uh, for Tom Brady. Now, of course, we don't know what would have happened with Garoppolo getting injured, but certainly he was impressive enough down the stretch last year in San Francisco and was off to a pretty decent start in his first couple of games this year before the season-ending injury. So let's chalk up, uh, at least right now, what appears to be another brilliant decision by uh, uh, Bill Belichick that unfortunately did not get executed and may cost the uh, fortunes of this franchise down the road. Uh, safe to say that a 42-year-old quarterback may be a little bit long in the tooth to come next football season for the New England Patriots. And those sentiments about Bill Belichick, I think, are being echoed right now in amongst the New England Patriots uh, management and owners and wondering whether or not that could end up being a goof-off that they made by letting Garoppolo go. Andy, before we let you go on the show this week, we'd love to know what you've got for your complimentary play on tap in the NFL this weekend. Well, there are a lot of very attractive games this week, and I'm going to go to a game that involves a team already in the playoffs and a team needing to win to secure a playoff position. High-profile game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the uh, New Orleans Saints. Of course, as just indicated, Pittsburgh scored a huge win last week by finally defeating their longtime nemesis, the New England Patriots. And normally this would be a letdown spot for the Steelers. And in fact, if this game had been played in Week 11, or week eight, it probably would be a huge letdown spot for the Steelers, but the Steelers need to win to make the playoffs because there's a possibility if they lose here and then lose their season finale, they could end up not only not winning the AFC North, they could end up not making the playoffs altogether. A win would clinch the AFC North if the Ravens happen to lose at the Chargers on Saturday, so the Steelers will take the field in New Orleans knowing uh, that uh, A, if they could win and clinch the division, or B, they have to win to stay alive for the following week. Saints have been uh, the team that uh, most people have thought, uh, along with the Rams, were going to represent the NFC this year all season, uh, but they've sputtered in recent games. In fact, if you go back about a month and a half, the uh, uh, the Saints uh, defense started to really play very, very well, and now it's been the offense that struggled. Uh, they're averaging 27 uh, almost 27.5 points per game for the season. But in two of their last three games, they were held to uh, 10 points in their uh, loss at Dallas a couple of Thursday nights ago and to 12 points uh, Monday night in that uh, 12-9 win over Carolina. New Orleans controls the top NFC seed, but there's plenty of leeway with this line, with Pittsburgh getting plus 5.5 to plus 6 for the Steelers to lose the game, yet still get a cover. I won't rule out an outright upset by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That win over New England, as again, normally a letdown spot, might be the bit of adrenaline this team needs over the final couple of weeks of the season. I'm going to respect their pass class. I'm going to take the plus 6 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not going to play the money line in this one. I'll be satisfied just to cash the uh, point spread ticket. Andy Isco likes Pittsburgh plus the points against New Orleans for his play on the NFL football card this week. And with that, Andy, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week on both the college football and NFL cards, along with the basketball as well. And we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Mark, Victor, I want to wish you, your families, and all of uh, your listeners a happy holiday, a very Merry Christmas, and whatever you celebrate at this time of the year, just the happiest of times to be with friends and families. And uh, send along with uh, 
uh, those wishes, uh, additional wishes for success uh, with your gridiron uh, uh, plays this weekend. Well, thank you, Andy. Same right back to you. Enjoy the week. Be well, and we'll catch up with the next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, we'll put the final wraps on this show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, along with a complimentary place from Victor and myself, when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in the college bowls this week. We call it Even Up. And what we're looking to do is to plan any 500 college bowl team that's taking on a 600 or greater opponent that's coming off a loss. So we've got a dead even 500 team taking on a 600 or better opponent that lost their last game of the season. By doing this, we're 17-5 and five against the spread in all bowl games since 1980. That's a 77 percent winning even up awesome angle will be playing on wake forest in the birmingham bowl game on saturday against memphis for our awesome angle play this week and with that i'm going to hand it off to victor king from king creole sports and victor i know you've got big news about a big game you've got on tap this week if you would let our listeners know all about that and your complimentary play as well Certainly do, and I know with Mark hitting his 10-star college game of the year and, of course, the NFL game of the year last weekend as well, that he sets the bar high in terms of uh, playbook quality plays. But, yeah, we got a 10-star over of the uh, year going this week in the NFL. With that said, if you're going to be betting multiple over-under games during the last month of the season, you got to be betting more unders than overs. We talked about it. A high percentage of unders in the last month of the season. Some of that is weather-related. Some of that is the fact that you got some teams that cashed it in for the season and they're playing more younger players. Some of that is the fact that you've got a high percentage of division games in the last month of the season. Some of that is the fact that uh, some of the playoff teams already start resting some of their impactful offensive players. So... We let you know that we like that Chargers-Ravens game under on Saturday. If you're looking for a Sunday under, consider the Rams and the Cardinals. I think this has one of the best under potentials of any game this particular week. And uh, last week in the tip sheet, we kind of rolled the dice, and we played an Arizona game over the total. We were fortunate to cash it by double digits in that 40-14 to loss on the road against Atlanta. But, man, I got no problem going the other way this week uh, with the Rams-Cardinals game over underline 
currently at about 47 and a half points. You know what? I stand corrected. That's what I bet it at at the opening line. Guess what? I'm looking at the lines right now. It's already pumped down to 45. It's gone down two and a half points, folks. Get in as soon as possible. I'm glad I played it as soon as I did. You know, after all, Arizona, it's the only team in the league to average less than 14 points per game on the season. And guess what? They're scoring even less points at home than they are on their road games. They got a pissed-off opponent in the Rams who are off two losses in a row. However, have significant offensive injuries and may have peaked way too soon offensively back in Week 11. Now, one of my favorite things to do is take a look at the point spread in the game, make your move accordingly from an over-under fashion, and guess who's the chalkiest team in the league this week? That would be the Rams. They're laying 13.5 to 14 points on the road. That's kind of unheard of in NFL games, but for me, it means you automatically bet the under. Uh, in the last five years, NFL road favorites of nine or more points have gone 2-23, and 23. Two overs, 23 unders. When the over-under line is greater than 38 points, that applies to this game. It makes sense from a game script or game flow potential. The huge road favorite gets out to that big lead. They shorten the game in the second half with a lot of running plays. They play offense defensively or conservatively in the second half. Not to mention there's probably a chance that if Todd Gurley of the Rams does play this week, they may pull him by halftime if they have that big lead, the Rams. So, again, this game has got one of the best under potential. I'm shocked, but I just looked at the lines and saw it was already down to 45 to 45 and a half. Either way, there's still some great value in the Rams-Cardinals. This game should end with a final score somewhere around Rams 24, Cardinals 13. Again, Rams-Cardinals under the total. And, yes, we've got a big one going this week in the NFL. You know, about five weeks ago, uh, when you start looking ahead, a good handicapper looks ahead for potential game of the year potential. Uh, we had about two to three games circled. And we eliminate those based on what happens in those next few weeks. But everything is falling into place for us in this particular game, particularly off of last week's results as well. We're going over the total in only one game this week. It's our 10-star over the year. It will be available as soon as Wednesday night at the Playbook.com website. Again, I got a tough act to follow with Mark winning his 10-star NFL and 10-star college football game of the year. We'll see what we can do. Uh, best of luck. Happy holidays. Rams Cardinals under. Ravens Chargers under. 10-star over at Playbook.com on Wednesday evening. Victor makes the, make it a trifecta of 10-star winners with his big NFL over game of the year being released Wednesday night at playbook.com. Be sure to get on board for that particular play. You'll be glad you did. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football card this week, just a quick note that the playbook tokens have been really, really well received on our website so far, guys, and why not? I mean, it's the easiest way to buy and access handicapper expert selections, products, everything with tokens rather than credit cards. Check it all out at playbook.com where you can still get $100 in free playbook tokens. If you haven't done so yet, register. Click on the get tokens uh, bar, if you will, 
the link on the homepage, get tokens at playbook.com to get your $100 in free playbook tokens. And as I mentioned earlier on, my five-star college football game of the month is going to be released this Friday at playbook.com. We're on a massive 11-3 and winning run this football season on our top big game plays. It's part of another $99 football weekend of winners. You can get on board by logging on at playbook.com or call me toll-free to get on board at 1-800-321-7777. With that, my complimentary play on the college football bowl card this weekend, we're going to go to the Dollar General Bowl for a little bit of value in a football game. I guess the Dollar General Bowl should find some value. We do that with Troy, the Trojans, when they take on Buffalo in this football matchup here. Troy comes into this football game. Their head coach, Neil Brown, I think is one of the most under-the-radar, unsung head coaches in all of college football. I'll be stunned if he's not hired away in the offseason between now and by a Power 5 football conference. In his career, he's 9-3-2 and two to the spread when taking points. And in fact, in his career against quality opponents, 666 or better, he's won 8 of those 12 games straight up, going 10-1-1 one, and one against the spread. His defense ranks number 21 in the country, or number 22 in the country, allowing just 21 points per game. Coming on the flip side here, we're looking at Buffalo, who comes in as a deeply disappointed favorite after having blown the MAC Conference Championship game against Northern Illinois. And we note that MAC Bowl teams, when they're taking on opponents that are off a loss of four or more points, MAC Bowl teams are 2 and 17 straight up. 315 and 1 against the spread. Put it all together, I'll play Troy plus the points in the Dollar General Bowl for my complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And until next week, for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, this is Mark Lawrence. Reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. Good luck as always, and very Merry Christmas to you and yours this week.